It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome into the Locked On Knicks podcast. I'm Gavin Shaw, and we have some breaking news. According to ESPN's Adrian Wojnarowski, the New York Knicks and Kemba Walker have agreed that the four-time All-Star will sit out the rest of the regular season. We will get into that and all of its implications right now on Locked On Knicks. You are Locked On Knicks, your daily New York Knicks podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And I think we see Willis coming out. There he comes right now. You are Locked On Knicks, your daily New York Knicks podcast, and I am your host, Gavin Shaw, and wow, we have some news for you, Kemba Walker out for the rest of the regular season uh, due to an apparent agreement between him and the New York Knicks that that is what is best for both parties. And uh, if you've been listening to this podcast, you know that I would concur with that sentiment. Uh, the Knicks have not been very good when Kemba Walker is on the floor this year. His net rating is about a minus 10 um, per 100 possessions. That means the Knicks are 10 points worse than their opponents when he's on the court. They are just under three points better than their opponents when he is off the court. So that is the simplest way to frame all of this. And and, and the biggest issue is that he's been on the court a whole lot. We know um, it's a common trait of Tom Thibodeau to rely on certain lineups. He has played um, his starting lineup 427 minutes this year, which, of course, includes Kemba Walker, Long, Evan Fournier, R.J. Barrett, Julius Randle, and Mitchell Robinson. Over those 427 minutes, that group is minus 14.4 per 100 possessions. The next most used five-man group on the team, and these stats are from our guy, Shwini Poo. He did a bunch of great work um, putting together uh, net rating statistics on Kemba Walker and Emmanuel Quickly and Alec Burks. I'm going to reference throughout the show. So shout out to him uh, at Schwinny Poo on Twitter. Go throw him a follow. Um, the Knicks next most used lineup has only played uh, 89 minutes this season. So Kemba's played a lot. He hasn't been good. And in turn, and this is a little bit of an oversimplification, but I'm just going to frame it this way. In turn, uh, the New York Knicks have not been very good. Uh, we've known for a while now the Knicks are not better when Kemba Walker's on the court. There was a brief period when we thought that wasn't true. Obviously, Kemba played the first 15 or so games of the season before uh, getting shut down for the first time around, and the Knicks had a mixed bag when he was out. He comes back, has a couple of just ridiculous performances. We will always remember the 44-point, uh, 9-rebound, 8-assist game, the triple-double that he had. Uh, those games will, will now, in retrospect, go down in, in the Tracy McGrady Hall of Fame of former All-Stars to play for the New York Knicks that were way past their prime but had a couple of throwback performances because that's what this is. And, and, and it's look, it's a sad outcome, right? I was incredibly excited when the Knicks got Kemba Walker. I'm sure all of you were as well. It, he was the point guard that was promised, as, as our friend Prez put it, the guy who can 
finally break down a defense, hit a three, run an offense. I mean, when was the last time the Knicks had a player that checked all those boxes? Like sort of Raymond Felton, probably not since Stefan Marbury. And Kemba was, he was supposed to be that dude. And a lot of Celtics fans uh, were, I remember were like tweeting and, and podcasting, uh, shout out Bill Simmons and saying, no, nah, that, that's not the case. He's not that guy anymore. We didn't want to believe them. And it turns out, unfortunately, they were right. Because Kemba Walker, I mean, due to a combination of his age and, and probably more specifically his lingering knee issues, just cannot be that offensive supernova on a night-to-night basis. And the other big factor here is he, he just simply never fit in with Julius Randle. And those two, um, it, it's it's been awkward the entire season. I don't know a better word to describe it. it it's only worked when they've essentially taken turns. Like when Kemba was rolling, it was because Julius took a backseat for a couple of games. Not not a backseat in the good way where he was like throwing really smart passes and 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 still making a really big impact by screening and rolling. A backseat in that he just didn't really do all that much. And Kemba was allowed to go out and do his stuff. But again, that just that was never sustainable. Even if even if Kemba was the best offensive player in the Knicks, which I think it's pretty clear that he's not at this point in his career, he couldn't sustain that effort for any meaningful amount of time. So it was, it was ultimately it wasn't worth the investment in him. And again, this is something that we've known for a while. You've all known for a while. It's pretty clear that even when Emmanuel quickly is shooting like negative 6% from three, the Knicks are a far better team when he's on the court than when Kemba Walker is on the court. Are there mitigating factors there? Sure. Um, I mean, same with Alec Burks. Like, like, does it matter that those guys get extra minutes with the bench to prop up their numbers a little bit? To some extent, but then you can, and we're getting into this in our next segment, you can look at the lineup data of them with the starters and see, all right, the Knicks are also just better when those guys are on the court with the starters, regardless of the faults of, of Evan Fournier or RJ or Randall or Mitch on a night-to-night basis. So this is all a long-winded way of saying it, it's a shame it didn't work out with Kemba Walker. We all wanted it with all of our hearts, but it's a fantastic sign that the Knicks way too late are acknowledging that this was a mistake because in the past under Tom Thibodeau, that might not have happened, right? We might've gotten a full season of Kemba. We might've gotten Derek Rose coming back and saying, sorry, IQ, you haven't shot well for 30 games now. We're, we're, we're moving you out of the rotation. And that would have sucked because Emmanuel quickly has a chance to be a part of the Knicks future. Kemba Walker simply does not. So how does this wrap up? Because obviously he is not bought out. Um, he has more value to the Knicks as an expiring contract. There's a chance that they can use that money in a trade this offseason. That's why he is still uh, on the team and not being bought out. But I don't think he's going to play another minute as a Nick. I don't think, um, I mean, the the sort of PRE type article from Woj saying that this is, or, or excuse me, the, the statement from the Knicks that their ultimate priority is Kemba's long-term basketball future. Um, I'm sure they wish him the best, but I don't think it's it's about his basketball future on the Knicks. I think it's about this year's team being as good as possible down the stretch and more importantly, getting the young guys as much run as possible. Um, so when we come back, who's going to replace Kemba Walker as the starting point guard on the New York Knicks? We'll get into that and uh, we'll get into sort of a longer term outlook at the point guard position. So all that and more coming up next on Locked on Knicks. But first, I wanted to tell you all about Bet online. 
Football might be over for the season, but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops. From all the latest odds, totals, player performance props to where the next fired coach is going to land, BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds right to the Olympic coverage and information you so desire. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right. So what is the situation now for the New York Knicks at the point guard spot? I think everyone, okay, let me, that's, that is, that is a generalization. I think a lot of people would want Emmanuel quickly to start. I think a lot of people would like to see Deuce McBride get some run. There are even some Alec Burke stands out there. Some people would um, say like, we're overcomplicating this conversation. Derek Rose, now that he's healthy, arguably the best guy on this team, he should be the starting point guard. Uh, I would personally go in the direction of Emmanuel Quickly, who, as we noticed, has been pretty putrid over his last 18 or so games. He's averaging seven points, four assists, two rebounds, shooting 30% from the field and 27% from three, right? That, that is a far cry from the guy who hit 38% of his triples, uh, despite the degree of difficulty a season ago. And yet um, he continues to be a real positive for the Knicks. The Knicks on the season are... 13.5 points better per 100 possessions when he's on the court. That is the highest single mark on the team. And those stats have continued even without Derrick Rose. This is again uh, from Schwinn. Um, over the course of the season, um, the Knicks have a plus 4.6 net rating uh, with Emmanuel quickly on and Derrick Rose off the court. So they're they're good. Even, even without Rose shepherding those supercharged second units that were giving the Knicks a chance in games earlier in the season when they really had no business being in those games. And I think a lot of it comes down to his activity on both ends of the floor. He's, he's a far, far, far better defender than Kemba Walker is. That's not even a comparison. Uh, he's tenacious. He gets in passing lanes. He, he plays, I would say, bigger than his size would probably be the best way to frame it. Uh, that's thanks to just a massive wingspan. And I would say on relatively level footing with Alec Burks, I would even say IQ is a slightly better defender than Alec Burks. And even though he's been shooting horrifically of late, teams in general have still respected him as distance. They still recognize him as a talented shooter, which he obviously is, despite the recent marks that have just been horrible. And that spacing is really significant. I mean, I think it matters most for someone like Mitchell Robinson um, when teams have, I mean, Kemba of late, like we, we've seen it over and over and over again. Like outside of small stretches where he's involved every once in a while, he is just sitting in the corner with like his hands on his knees. And in turn, that leaves an extra defender that can shade a little bit closer to Mitch. And I, I think you see that um, in, in the lineup data. Emmanuel quickly this year with Mitchell Robinson, they played just under 400 minutes. They have a 115.1 offensive rating and 103.4 defensive rating. So really, really good grouping on offense. And then defensively, um, very, very good at defending pick and rolls. And Kemba being out of the lineup, I mean, I think this is why Tibbs initially took him out. He just, he destroys the Knicks transition defense because it, on, in most situations in transition in the NBA, you're in what's called a scramble, right? You're just trying to get on the nearest possible person. When Kemba's on the nearest possible person, it usually goes badly because he can barely guard point guards and he absolutely has no business guarding any other position. Occasionally he'll swipe down at the ball and get a steal. Occasionally he'll take a charge. But outside of that, there's just not a lot of resistance that he can put up. You have Emmanuel quickly in there. Again, just, just a little bit more athletic, a little bit longer 
That's not necessarily the case. And you don't have to freak out if he's guarding a bigger player for two seconds. That's even more so true for Alec Burks, who's six foot five, even uh, maybe not more so, but also true for Derek Rose and Miles McBride, who are just physically stronger human beings than Kemba Walker is. Um, and that was true in the half court too, where defenses would just frequently target Kemba on switches and, and the Knicks had to go to really just convoluted lengths to avoid Kemba being in those mismatches. And he just was not providing enough offense to offset that. Um, again, another direction the Knicks can potentially go is Alec Burks at the point guard spot. Um, on the year uh, with the starting five, he is a plus 6.3 per 100 possessions. Uh, he has shot the ball horrifically since a fantastic start to the year. And I think that's a symptom of a guy who has spent his whole career coming off the bench, all of a sudden being a little overtaxed and having to play a position he's never played. And frankly, being asked to do way too much, especially down the closing stretches of games where, where Julius Randle just sort of camps out at the elbow. We've seen in a lot of recent close Knicks losses um, where they've, again, been one of the worst clutch time teams in the NBA. It's just Alec Burks running pick and roll. And out of all the guards in the NBA, he's quite literally like the worst finisher right now. And he's trying to get all the way to the rim. And it it rarely, rarely, rarely goes well. So that's that's my issue with Alec Burks finishing games if he's the starter. And honestly, I think it's probably the most realistic outcome just because I, I don't think Tibbs, like, I, I don't think he's willing to go as drastic. And I, I don't think this is drastic based on all the numbers I just gave you, but as drastic in his mind as starting Emmanuel quickly. And I think, you know how he said, I see Kemba as a starter and didn't see him playing off the bench. I think he very much sees Derek Rose as a bench player and someone who, whose utility is, is that he can dominate a game for seven minute stretches versus him being a second or third banana in the starting lineup. Um, so I think Burks is the most likely outcome in the starting lineup. And I think if Emmanuel quickly is shooting it spectacularly well, he will close games on certain nights. I think by and large, Derek Rose will be the one closing games for the Knicks. As for Deuce McBride, I don't foresee him breaking into the rotation. Because let's take a look at this with, with Kemba Walker out. Let's just say my hypothetical starting lineup. Uh, Alec Burks, Evan Fournier, RJ Barrett, Julius Randle, Mitchell Robinson. And then your bench is Derek Rose, Emmanuel Quickly, Quentin Grimes, uh, Obi Toppin, and then who, whoever's healthy between Nerlens Noel and Taj Gibson. You already don't really have minutes for Cam Reddish in there. Even if the Knicks make the decision to bench Burks, which I don't think they want to do because – I would assume they could have gotten a second round pick for Alec Burks at this trade deadline. And they, they ultimately, they decided for better or worse, not to move off of him. Uh, maybe that second round pick wasn't out there, but I find that hard to believe given the flashes that Burks has shown this year, what a talented three point shooter is, how talented he is as a creator. There's some team that was most likely willing to give up a second round pick for Alec Burks. The Knicks chose to keep him. I think that was, that was to play him. And again, chase the plan. Um, is, is that a realistic goal for the Knicks? to chase the plan? I don't really think so. But uh, let's take a quick break and then get into that next. First, I want to tell you all about prize picks. All right, NBA fans, are you looking for a daily fantasy option for the NBA? Then you need to try the award-winning app, Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. I love this app, and we know you will too. It's easy to use. You can pick two to five players and an over-under on their projections, and you can win up to 10 times on any entry. And it's just you versus the projected numbers. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. Prize Picks is safe and offers fast withdrawals. Use the award-winning app on both the App Store and Google Play. Prize Picks offers any prop you can think of from points scored to rebounds, even steals. Prize Picks even allows mixed sport entries. So you could do, I don't know, like RJ Barrett free throws versus Chris Kreider shots on goal if you want a little garden crossover. 
And Prize Picks doesn't just offer NBA, they have options on the college basketball, college football, NFL, MLB, soccer, MMA, and more. So for a limited time, Prize Picks has an exclusive no brainer of an offer for all of our users. Users get $50 for free if a player in your first Prize Picks entry scores a single point. But you must use code NBA. That's right. This is an exclusive offer available to locked on fans. You can sign up today and use code NBA $50 for free if a player in your first Prize Picks entry scores a single point. That's a pretty fantastic deal. I would I would throw in uh whoever the next starting point guard is. I would expect to score a single point next game. All right. Uh let's wrap this up to say what does this mean about where the team is going? And I think, unfortunately, like, I mean, Tibbs, Tibbs put it out there, right? After the loss to the Nets, um, it was maybe 10 games too late. Maybe it was 30 games too late. But he said, hey, anything is on the table now. So we know anything includes benching Kemba Walker. But that was that was the lowest hanging fruit. He was a veteran who had no future on this team, who was actively making the team worse. But then what do you do with the vets like Alec Burks and Evan Fournier, who there is a case to be made? They make the team better. Is there any point in being better when you are already functionally eliminated from playoff contention? I don't know if the Knicks believe that they are with Derrick Rose and um, and RJ Barrett coming back, but according to most projection services, they are essentially eliminated from the playoffs. According to ESPN, uh, the Knicks have a 0.9 chance to make the postseason um, or to make the playoffs, excuse me, not the play. Basketball reference, um, they give the Knicks a 1.5 chance 1.5% chance. And for play-in odds, they give the Knicks a 5.5 chance, 5.5% chance at the 10 seed, a 1.4% chance at the 9 seed, and a 0.3% chance at getting all the way up to the 8 seed. So basically, odds are maybe 1 in 20 that the Knicks fight their way into the play-in. They do that, they got to win two games in a row against teams that are better than them. The Knicks have been horrific all season long against teams that are better than them. They have the fourth hardest remaining schedule in the NBA. They only have two games left against teams with worse records. This team is not going to make the playoffs. Whether you play Evan Fournier and Alec Brooks 40 minutes a game, or you play them zero minutes a game. Given that, the incentive should be to develop your young talent as much as possible. And people will throw out the word tanking. That doesn't have to be a tank. It might make you better. In the case of Emmanuel Quickly, clearly playing in more minutes, at least so far this season, has translated to him being better. I'm not saying you have to bench... Derek Rose for the rest of the year. He sat long enough. I'm not saying you have to sit Julius Randle out. I think there's value to having fulcrums, a uh, veteran fulcrums in both the both the starting lineup and the bench unit that these young guys can work around so things don't get too hard. I mean, we've seen how Obi Toppin has fallen off without Derek Rose. We've seen how Emmanuel Quickly's efficiency has fallen off a cliff without Derek Rose. But that being said, you wanna have you wanna have those young guys playing. When there's no real upside to having the Fourniers of the world and the Burkses of the world playing outside of justifying the money you gave them this offseason. And I mean, that's what we call sunk cost fallacy. They're, they're not giving you any more value this season if you're already out of the playoffs. Maybe in future seasons, they'll give you more value. But for now, it would be best if the Knicks benched Alec Burks, benched Evan Fournier, played Deuce McBride, played Cam Reddish, found out what they have in all these young guys and then retrofitted the roster this offseason around the young talents that are most promising. That is the only logical path forward for this point at the New York Knicks. Benching Kemba Walker is a good first step, but it cannot be the last one. So for now, I'm Gavin Shaw. This has been Locked on Knicks. Uh, as always, please throw us a subscription on YouTube if you haven't already. Uh, throw, us a, throw us a nice review on Apple. You can, you can roast us in the comments, but 
Uh, just give us five stars. We haven't gotten one in like 10 months. So I'd love, love, love to see your review. Uh, if someone writes a particularly nice one, uh, we will read it out on the show. You can bet on that. Um, but until tomorrow, uh, I'm Gavin Schultz, and that's it for this edition of the Locked On Knicks Podcast. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 